This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Audio hijack behaving? Yeah, um, I think I know what that was, just looking at the state of things. See, I've only got 8 gig of RAM in this machine. Sometimes I think I hit the limit. So I've had a few th- few cases where programs just sort of crap out. Well, if that isn't reason to upgrade, I don't know what is. No, it is. It is. I've just got to hold it off um, at the moment just for cash. So, so what happened with the RAM thing? It just audio hijack just went. It got killed. Yeah. Yeah, it just got terminated. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about living dangerously. <laughs> I've closed everything <laughs> else now and I think I'm fine. I, so I have to say, mind you, I'm... Uh, recording on battery here so i'm kind of uh tempting fate as well <laughs> close to just the edge of where i am it's just, i couldn't be i couldn't be bothered to uh drag the charger through and uh i figure the battery life's pretty good on this thing anyway so I, I should be good for yeah many hours but not only that when i plugged in the tascam uh on yours have you got the orange light like the power light yeah well that was flashing when i turned it on so i unplugged and replugged and it didn't flash and it hasn't flashed since, so fingers crossed. I mean, thank goodness this show doesn't go out live. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been uh, a, f- a funny start to the show today. I think if we were live, <laughs> <laughs> like four different call attempts, my Tascam playing up, me being on battery, and then audio hijack for you getting killed. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> oh man. I tell you, I am very impressed at the battery life in this thing. Yeah, very, that's very true. impressed. Yeah, the sixteen-inch MacBook Pro. Yeah, it's just I've not really. I noticed. I kind of thought to myself the other day that I've just been tethered to the desk really for for ages with it, and I haven't really been using it much as a laptop. So I've been trying to be a bit more conscious of that, and just to not force myself, but just like embrace the fact that it is a laptop a bit more. Yeah. So like last night, I just kind of hung out on the sofa with the MacBook. Um, Sounds a bit weird, but <laughs> you know, just I like, had it on the sofa while I had Netflix on. I wasn't particularly watching Netflix, but I was like doing a bit of dev stuff, and I kind of thought actually it's quite nice weather here. I might actually get out on the uh, on the patio table if I'm lucky. Cause we've got like a big sunshade thing. I could sit there with it potentially. Yep. Yeah, just trying to just keep changing it up a little bit, I guess. But it's so nice being able to just go back to the desk and dock to the monitor and get some power into it. And then just like play like a game, and then it's it's almost like it's not a laptop anymore. It's morphed into this like really powerful kind of jerry rigged gaming setup or whatever. And I really like, I'm just loving that about it. It's versatility, I think. That's great. Yeah, it's given you that that um, that switching of modes as well, which I think is what you're really. Well, I don't think it was what you were after to begin with, but it's certainly like it's what you've got now, and it's where you've kind of found yourself with it. Oh, I remember, like, I think when we first started the show, we were talking about what our setups were. And I think I was quite new into my 5K iMac at the time. I say new, probably not that new, but new enough. Yep. Um, and I was very much like, yep, I love the iMac because it's in a different room and then I can't get tempted to work and stuff like that when it's not work time. And I still kind of do like that mentality. But I think life at the moment with kids around and fragments of time being what they are because back then i had big blocks of time and yep. i could just shut myself away for like five hours straight whereas now it's like if i get half an hour it's like that half an hour is so precious um, <laughs> but it's kind of like that half an hour say heather's being like primary child care giver at that time say she's doing an activity with the kids for half an hour um and she's like it's fine i've got them it still kind of feels weird for me to shut myself away in the office just for half an hour yeah 
and it's kind of nicer for me to perch at the table or whatever and kind of see what they're up to like if they're making like I don't know play-doh or whatever it's quite nice for Charlie to run up and be hey I made this play-doh thing for you or whatever and still kind of be involved and not totally shut away so it's um yeah it's, it's all a balance I guess isn't it and who knows in five years time I might be like going back towards desktop mode again I I, I don't know I don't know it's kind of funny because I thought that was was where I was at um with the the Mac mini and you know I've got that set up in a desk and, and I've got my workroom um which is our our spare room um it kind of doubles up as a another room for the kids to hang out in uh when we're watching something that they can't um mm-hmm. so we'll put a film on for us in the living room and if it's not quite suitable for them then we can put something on in this room but when we do that we put it on on my on my mac mini and they actually watch it on the monitor in in here um so i've got that setup i've got that kind of you know permanent place and the device I most love using at the moment is actually my iPad Pro. Huh. <laughs> um, and I guess the reason for that is, is there's two things. There's one is the fact that with the uh, concussion that I've had, the iPad Pro kind of scales everything in a way that my eyes just seem to really like. And that combined with the... Um, I've got the, the Folio keyboard with it. kind of means it's, it's this sort of almost laptop... Um, so I find it really enjoyable to use in that sense. But then, of course, it is the machine that travels with me around the house as well. So I'm getting that sort of the mobile device that I have is that iPad right now. And it's, it's strange because because then the, the other thing that sort of happens is, well, I sort of always sort of felt like, well, I'll, I'd miss having Xcode on the iPad and being able to sort of you know noodle around with, with projects and things. And, and that's true but it's kind of working out in a sense of I will come back to the to the Mac Mini for those moments and then everything else kind of operates nicely on the iPad. So it sort of it divides me in terms of, of like focus and that sort of stuff. It wouldn't surprise me if you get an Xcode on there pretty soon anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'll I be, mean, like all roads are pointing to that, I, I would say, if you if you kind of look at what's going on with like the cursor support and that. Quite yep. incredible looking new keyboard stand, which will work with your iPad, I think, won't it? Yeah, yeah, it will do. I mean, yours is a 2018, isn't it? It is. Yeah, so so it will work with with my iPad. I think, given that I spent out already on the Folio keyboard, I'd be a bit hesitant. Um, so, yeah, yeah. But there's, um, I saw. In fact, I can't, I can't remember, and this is just par for the course with my head at the moment, but I can't remember whose blog it was, but I saw this blog post about a Mac Mini and iPad Pro sort of setup. And the way that this setup was was that um, the iPad the iPad Pro uh, was the standard device and it was paired to a, um, a Magic Keyboard and a Magic Trackpad. The way this person was using it, they would dock with their, um, with their monitor uh, with, with the iPad Pro. And then they had a Mac Mini on the go, and they were using screens on the iPad to then access the Mac Mini. So if they wanted to uh, to kind of go into Mac mode, if you like, they just boot up screens, and because they've got the keyboard paired and the trackpad paired, and then screens takes advantage of the full external monitor as well. Um, it was like, boot. Does it? yeah, yeah. So it gets because one of the problems with the iPad at the moment is that it kind of letterboxes. Um, yeah. under normal use but yeah screens takes it out of that mode and uses the whole monitor I believe 
Oh, so an app can bounce out of that and yeah, see the whole act- screen for what it is? I think so, yes. It, it can, cool. can then set its own resolution on the screen. Um, That's and cool. So in that circumstance, they were using this as, this is my, my primary portable device, and then I dock it with the monitor, and it's good to go. I mean, open screens, and I've got Xcode and everything else. Um, and I think they were using screens to access a, a Windows machine for other stuff as well. So it suddenly became this kind of three operating system device. Um, but the cursor support on iPadOS and the way that screens works means that it was transferring the, the control of the mouse really quite nicely across devices as well when it was accessing them remotely. Um, yeah, the lag would be my worry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, you know, when you're right next to the machine, if the um, if your Wi-Fi is in the same room or whatever, then, you know, maybe that's not so much of a concern. Especially not if you're not, you're um, you're not doing um, anything like gaming, mm. you know, where you're going to need that refresh rate to be a hundred percent of of its maximum power. Yeah, just as long as the cursor can sort of appear reasonably native, I think yeah. I could could go with that. I liked it as a as a concept. I think I'd I'd probably find some of the edges a little bit annoying, and there's an element of like, well, if I'm sat there and the Mac Mini's sat right there, then yeah, you know. That's the setup I've got now. It's just good to go. But if you're in the front room, lounging around on the sofa with the iPad, yeah, and you just got an idea, or you've suddenly had one of these moments where you've remembered how to fix something on an app, um, which for me always happens like at half past nine at night when I've finished. Um, that's great, right? You can just bounce into your Mac. Yeah, yeah, and and I think the thing about screens, as far as I know, and, and you know, don't want to turn this into an advert for screens because I don't even own it. Um, but the, it has a an accessory app that lets you use um, an iPhone as a trackpad. So again, in circum- <laughs> in that circumstance that I've only got the keyboard with the iPad, I could actually use my um, my phone as the trackpad instead and, and kind of get some basic use that way. It, it's kind of cool. I, I think the thing I really liked about that um, that post and that setup was just this concept of uh, of the iPad being the sort of the, the primary device. And then it switches modes depending on how you're using it. I feel like that almost gives me a little insight into if we were to end up with uh, Mac OS on the iPad like we were discussing last week. Yeah, it's interesting timing kind of talking about this. Obviously, I'm, things have developed somewhat during the week as to possibly a new iPad um, arriving here soon. I think, yeah, when we initially discussed this, didn't we? And it, it, the, the conversation was framed around sort of me getting an iPad for me using it and me doing my app development with it with a pencil because that's kind of why I want to get one mostly so I can test with that and yep. uh, get into that side of things. But then something unexpected happened. Um, for Just out of nowhere, Charlie's picked up a massive interest in the iPad uh, and for good reason. I mean, he's always liked the iPad because that's kind of what he watches a lot of his TV shows on. Yep. So for him, it's like a portable TV and he gets very confused when other TVs don't behave like the ipad does it's quite funny but um, <laughs> he's kind of gotten um into it for for some good reasons now because he's been doing things uh, like with phonics and learning his letters and things like that and we've struggled to engage him um sort of in traditional approaches and obviously Heather being a teacher who's taught literacy to kids basically from uh, like reception kindergarten up to i guess 10 or 11 years old i mean he's basically got the best shot at being good at this because he's got a teacher on site constantly that knows exactly what to do but 
still it's it was hard to engage him and he particularly struggles with holding a pen or a pencil yeah um is it like the claw grip they call it when it's or the pincer grip when it's like very early on early years like they're yeah. not expected to hold a pencil properly properly but they call it the pincer grip and he's, he's struggling a bit with that and it's hard to motivate him to sort of get into it because he's like you know like sort of pens and paper just aren't his thing really it turns out yeah he doesn't like crafty stuff so anyway uh long story short he's been getting really into the ipad and all of a sudden he's like super into drawing on the ipad with his finger right. and bless him he tried to pick up an actual pencil to draw on the ipad at which i you know <laughs> sprung across the room and like no yeah <laughs> um, but then it's like, well, wouldn't that be, wouldn't it be a good idea if he's a shown an interest in something we've struggled to interest him in, um, to get a new iPad with an Apple pencil? Yeah. And then bonus, there's one in the house already for me to sort of test iPad apps on. Yeah. Um, so it'd almost be not my iPad. It'd be kind of everyone else's iPad and maybe I'd just steal it for a few minutes a day to play with pencil kit or whatever. And I think that's like the appropriate level of ipad for me it sounds like it given just how much you love just being portable on your on your mac yeah and i don't know like when we were talking about it last time when we hung up the call i was thinking like oh that was such like a one of those moments where like oh i need it for my development and you buy it and then you don't really need it for your development and then you end up not really using the device for the reason why you thought you were buying it yeah and i feel like if i was to like sort of dump eight or nine hundred pounds on an 11 inch ipad pro and a pencil it'd be like oh why did you do that you you know (laughs) you didn't need to spend that um however it's not really being bought with me in mind it's just like it happens to be around and i'm great you know i can just quickly use it and then that's fine um so i feel good about that and it's kind of be nice for heather as well because she doesn't really have a machine of her own that isn't her school laptop yeah it'd be kind of nice for that to double up for her as well so yeah could be a win-win just trying to decide on what what to get yeah i'm leaning ipad air at the moment yeah i think i would be actually just just given use case and everything else like if it's going to be primarily used in um just ipad and the and the pencil yeah you know i I don't think the pro would necessarily gain you um a a mega amount right now no and when you compare and contrast it to just like the 10.2 inch ipad i would be happy to go for that albeit the 32 gig entry-level storage is a little bit close for comfort. Yeah, Even though I think we'd we'd probably be fine, but I looked at my iPhone 10 and I've got the 64 gig one, and that's always been fine, but I'm using 34 out of 64. Yeah, yeah. So basically that wouldn't fit on an iPad. I mean, I could probably make it fit, but, you know, um, not only that, if it's going to be used with a pencil, and if the primary motivation is the pencil, in my case it is for like pencil kit stuff, and also Charlie will be using it with the pencil, hopefully. Um, I think the screen lamination could be a big deal, because you've got that air gap on the 10.2, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't on the air. Yeah, um, the air is definitely the nicest screen, and, and side by side you feel it. Um, right. And so... Full disclosure, we are a many iPad house these days. Um, I don't know if we've talked about that on, on this show before. Um, but Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, essentially after um, AirSynth was released last year, I um, I made a little bit of money when it was first released because it it, um, it did quite well in that the, the first couple of weeks. 
Um, bit of a one-hit wonder, but it, it kind of left me with this this balance. Um, and it was enough to update my iPad and my wife's iPad, um, which is how come I've got the iPad Pro. Um, so that's great. That's fantastic. I've updated my my development machine, and I've invested in a an extra development machine should I need it. Um, so uh, my wife has the um, has the Air, uh, well the Air two rather, mm-hmm. and then or the Air three. I'm trying to think about what what number it actually is, but the most recent Air essentially ten point five. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And my old device was a 10.5 iPad Pro and then her old device was the um, trying to think 10.2 the 10.2 entry level iPad from the year before okay so that was quite recent yeah so they're all fairly recent like within the last two and a half years or so and they're all bigger sizes and between the four of us we now have an iPad each as it were so we are yeah we're a many iPad household because of that uh, because the kids got the hand-me-downs um that's felt uh at, at the time it was like i'm not sure whether this is borderline a bit over the top and then actually you know like the the longer we've been on lockdown here in new zealand the more i'm sort of like yeah that was absolutely the right decision <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh but anyway the long and the short of it is just i can compare these devices against each other um, and, and how they, they sort of operate. And I would say that the, the pencil use on 10.2 is still good. Um, it's certainly um, it's good enough um, for sort of general drawing. Um, and I know Tabby, uh, my wife, was using hers to draw beforehand. And I think she really noticed the, um, the latency improvement with the air. There's a latency improvement. Yeah, it runs a little bit quicker. The pencil's just a little bit more slick, a little bit more locked in on the air. So it's you know, it's minor for normal kind of basic use, but she's been spending quite a bit of time sort of doing some drawings and things, and, and she's definitely felt the improvement with the air. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting you to say that. I was under the impression that the pencil behaved like a pencil regardless of the iPad you used it on. I was more thinking that the pixels being closer to the glass due to the lamination might be the biggest differentiator. Yeah, I, I think it's actually more more that it's just a, a little bit of a quicker machine, a little bit more dialed in, I think is the biggest deal. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Because it's an A12 versus an A10, which is two generations ahead, isn't it? So it's quite a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And um, if you're thinking about like this, this is a device that you're perhaps going to run um, for, for the next two or three years at least, then... Get, having that that faster processor is a good idea, you know. Because I don't know yeah. how long the the A10 is really gonna gonna hold up over over time. I would expect it to still be usable, but it's um yeah, it's that thing, isn't it? If you you max out a little bit more now, it's going to last you that bit longer. So yeah, I'd definitely be looking yeah. at the Air. I think so, and um, we've been looking at the Apple Refurb Store, and you can get one for four hundred nine pounds, which isn't an awful lot more than the base level 10.2 yeah and it, obviously the, the base level with the air is 64 gig versus yeah. 32 so that feels more comfortable from the from the get-go it's a better balance yeah and it doesn't bother me having a refurb machine i don't think um i kind of trust apple to put out decent refurb units and you've got the full warranty and all of that with it yep the only thing is that you'd be using an apple pencil one not an apple pencil two but i'm not 
sure that's going to matter hugely no for what i want to do with it and for you know obviously like charlie using it for writing and stuff like that um so yeah it could all be sort of all buttoned up done and dusted for just inside of 500 pounds with the pencil which feels i mean it's a lot of money but it feels like an appropriate amount of money to spend based on everyone's interest in it yeah uh, like Charlie doesn't want the bleeding edge. He doesn't even know what the bleeding edge of performance is. He just like you know, as long as it plays videos and plays his educational game things, and he's happy. Yep. He- Heather's very much like, well, I only use it to go on the internet, and I'm like, well, I just want to play with a pencil. So <laughs> I think it kind of that would tick the box for everyone, really. It balances out. The only thing that gives me pause um, is obviously we've just had the new iPad been released, so it feels like a semi missed opportunity there. And also, Charlie made a good point. Um, in the Slack, he said about the Apple Pencil Generation 2 has like the, the feature where you can tap it and it switches modes. Yeah. Um, so like, I guess that'd be like switching from pen to an eraser or something like that. Yeah. Um, that kind of gave me pause. I was like, oh yeah, would I maybe want to experiment with that? Or can I just not test that with But again, you, you, could, you could add that and have other people test that for you. That, that sort of feels like... Like you! Exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and well, I think just well for... volunteered there, Dave, thank you. <laughs> um, and just for reference there, that was Charlie Chapman, not your son. Your, your son's Absol- not in Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Many, <laughs> many, many Charlies. And it's my son, Charlie, doing the writing, not Charlie Chapman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so clear on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I th- it sounds like the machine with the right balance for you is, is that air just sort of going over it all. Um, I don't know what options we've got in terms of keyboard cases and stuff like that, but I don't really think I'd be that bothered about that. And I'm not sure Heather would either. No. There's um, there's a smart keyboard that works with the Air because it's got the uh, the, the smart connector. Because um, it is basically the old 10.5 Pro, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of the, th- the same um, cases and everything else are compatible with it as well, which is exactly what we did um, when we updated, um, is that I had the um, the smart cover on my 10.5, uh, which um, Tabby now has, and then we got a much more basic kind of case um, for, for my son who's using uh, the hand-me-down 10.5 and sort of did a bit mm. of a swap around because um, he's got a, a kind of quite chunky case um, in case it gets dropped or anything like that. And he quite likes it like that as well. Um, whereas she's a big fan of, of kind of just having the, the smart cover. Um, and then the the air that she's got is the rose gold one as well. So you get to see the color of it and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so we've got quite, quite the balance of kind of iPad usage in the ha- household. Yeah. I think we'd probably land on that again because we've got a smart cover on our first gen iPad Air, yep. which is so slow. Um, <laughs> and I did kind of think, do I need to get one of these like cases that claim you can drive a tank over it and throw it off a building and it will still work? But then, I mean, Charlie's been using our iPad with just this smart cover on it, but it's always in a supervised way anyway. Yeah. So we, we don't really just leave him with the iPad. And actually, I've been looking. I mean, the Apple smart covers cases even just the covers are, are like eye-wateringly expensive when you think about what they are they are yeah um i mean i i get that they're really nice and there's been great innovations done on the magnets and all that kind of stuff but blimey they're a lot of money um my dad actually just replaced his uh smart cover so that's kind of like 
the shell that wraps around it and you got like the covery bit that you know goes over the screen and i think when he bought the his apple one it was i've got a funny feeling it was like 70 pounds or possibly even more and it kind of fell to bits over the course of the last four or five years and he needed a new one he's like oh, i don't really want to buy another one and he just took a gamble and ordered one off of amazon i think it was 12 pounds yep and there's nothing wrong with it it's it's all right when it first arrived some of the edges of where like where the fabric had been cut for the uh, the cover bit that goes over the screen they just had a bit of a rough feel to them it's almost like not that you would go around with a piece of sandpaper on them because it's not wood but it's almost like it's a piece of wood that hadn't been sanded properly yeah um but over the course of time and just wear and use it's just kind of naturally eroded to a nice finish <laughs> now anyway <laughs> but yeah for 12 pounds it's, it's like yeah I, I think that's probably where we'll land something yeah. like that yeah i think that's probably a good call uh i'm looking forward to you coming over to the ipad side dave well i don't know if i am really i'm just kind of <laughs> buying it mostly for other people yeah and I'll, I'll just get to play with pencil kit a little bit which i'm excited to do because i'm kind of at that point now in development with what i'm up to that i could kind of do with getting some pencil kit stuff sorted out and yeah, it'd be kind of nice to actually use it on a real iPad with a real Apple Pencil and kind of see your app come to life. Because at the minute, all I've done is simulate it in terms of iPad. So I'm quite, I'm kind of looking forward to that. That's going to be that's going to be good fun. And it's been nice actually, just in general, to sort of get back into development a little bit the last week or so. Yeah. Um, obviously, keen followers of my Twitter account will know I've been in this massive arcade building rabbit hole where I've basically built an arcade machine out of wood using an old TV and a Raspberry Pi and joystick buttons and all of that good stuff. And that basically must have taken about two or three weeks, which meant for two or three weeks I didn't do any development stuff. And that was a conscious choice. It wasn't like I fell into this kind of rabbit hole and it was kind of like, well, I'm here now and I better finish it. It was like I, I set out to do it. Yep. Um, but I did start missing the development sort of about day days one to five i was like oh woodwork this is cool i should be like a cabinet maker like someday and (laughs) all of these cool thoughts like if only i won the lottery i could just be in my shed making cool things out of wood all day Um, but like day six i was starting to be like oh i just want this to be over now and i'm really starting (laughs) to miss coding Uh, which i take to be a good sign really because i don't know we've spoken about it a little bit on and off sometimes i wonder like why why i'm doing the development yeah like why am i actually doing it I don't know what the answer is other than I like it. Yep. It's not, it's not really, well, it doesn't provide any money at the minute because I don't have any apps in the store. Even when I did have apps in the store, it basically lost me money. If you, but it's, it, but it's something you love doing. It's, it's a, a passion. Yeah. So kind of money's not really in the equation at the minute. And it's not like I need to get this app finished and get it in the store to make money to free us as a family from some kind of financial ruin. It's like, we don't have loads of money, but we're fine. Like yep. <laughs> everything's ticking over. Um, and there was like a, there was a point before I started on the arcade machine that I got a bit grumpy at the app because I was stuck on something um, for like a day. And yeah, you kind of well, I do anyway. Have these kind of thoughts like, why am I? Why am I doing this? Yeah, um, you've hit a, hit a bit of a wall. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you kind of think, oh, all this app, all this app development stuff do is just give me a headache. And even when I'm not doing it, I'm thinking about it, and sometimes feeling grumpy and not being present in what I'm actually doing, and you know, that kind of spiral that you fall into. Yep. And that's not how I feel on balance at all. Like I'm really happy doing it on balance. It's just that that day was a bad day. But yeah, it just kind of got me thinking really as to like when I finish this app. What what do I do with it? <laughs> uh, you know? Yeah. Um, 
because I feel like I've been down the setting up a limited company once already and I lost a little bit of money in total yeah. um, just because obviously I had to pay an accountant to do my, my accountancy and that was like on a monthly fee thing. So it's proceed um, with caution in terms of going yeah. into anything like that again. But then equally, it's like if you don't do that, it's kind of like you're on the hook personally then if yeah. anything goes wrong. And then it's like, well, am I better off seen as this isn't like financially motivated? Am I better off just like not releasing it? But then it's like, well, why am I building it? <laughs> it's like <laughs> this kind of strange little circle of thoughts I go around. It's like, well, maybe I should just bite the bullet again and set up a company and mm. have another crack at it properly. I, I don't know. I still feel like that's a, across that bridge when you've got the app kind of uh, thing. Definitely, and, uh, yeah. I'm definitely kicking that can down the road like big time at the minute. Every yeah. time I think about it, I'm like, nope, we've just got to build the app. That's all we're thinking about <laughs> at the minute is building the app. And then when it's built, I'm going to be like, and I did this last time Yeah. Um, with my with my Kodi remote. I didn't really intend to build a business around it, but it's kind of like, well, I've built it now. And I think some people, I think I thought there was a good chance that I could make some money out of it. So I kind of went for it. Yeah, um, I don't know whether I'm like once bitten, twice shy, maybe now. But I'm wondering if there's um, there's a halfway where um, where maybe we could do something else that that lets you test it. So I'm I'm, I'm thinking out loud here, but in a sense of if um, somebody with a developer account like myself, for example, um, were to add you to um, to that in some fashion or help you in some way. Um, so you were at least able to do like a, a test flight beta um, without having to go the whole hog yourself and you could submit the build for that. And then that would let you validate it and get that feedback before then kind of deciding which route to go uh, with it yourself. I mean, I suppose I've got a developer account. I could do the test flight bit. Yeah. Sort of quite easily and... So there's no not like massive risk or anything is they're just doing a test flight um well yeah actually i hadn't even thought of that in that way but yeah you could just do that yourself you don't have to have a business to do the test flight bit and do that as an individual yeah, yeah exactly um uh, yeah i mean the other the other thought running through my head is like well maybe sort of at the minute my you know we've decided as a, as a family that i'll sort of do the most of like the, the child care during the week um I'll have teachers, although that's all a bit weird at the minute, but that's another, <laughs> you know, yeah, let's not go there again. Um, no. So, but like when both kids are in school and I've got more time, would that then be the appropriate time to be like, okay, let's pick this up properly and run with it? Or perhaps even not launch the app in any way on the store, but have it as a portfolio piece in order to get a job when I have more time to actually work a proper job? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. These are all questions and thoughts I haven't got any concrete answers to. Um, I'm just kind of keeping my head down at the minute and just enjoying building the app. It's kind of, I'm, I'm not really thinking of it as like a job and I must do it and I must make money and it must be commercially viable. I'm just enjoying myself and making a, an app that I would quite like. I think there's there's value in that. There's value in, in that approach and just, just having, you know, it's a hobby piece at this point. It's, it's something you're doing that's... Um, because it's it's one of your passions rather than it's a specific product or anything like that. And I think that's still got value. It's kind of sideways to all of this, but but something that um, was explained to me over this last week um, was with my current situation recovering from concussion. Um, 
I have to speak to an occupational health therapist um, every other week or so at the moment um, as they sort of take updates on how I'm progressing and that kind of thing. Um, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in a situation where I'm doing part-time work um, for my job. And then I sort of said to them, well, you know, they were like, okay, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? And I sort of said, well, I make side projects <laughs> and I like to code. <laughs> So basically what I do for work is my hobby as Yeah, well. <laughs> Yeah, which is why, like, you know, part-time with my work has actually been quite helpful for me because it's exactly the sort of stimulation my brain likes. I've been able to sort of focus and zero in on, on doing most of what I've been doing has just been doing some development. So I've not had lots and lots of cognitively heavy meetings or anything like that to go to. I've had some very specific tickets to work on, specific tasks, and that's been really, really good. Um the point of this that I was trying to get to to tell you is that, that um, my occupational health person turned around and said to me, well, you should still do your, your side projects. Um, obviously, you know, mind how you go, stop if you're sort of kind of getting overloaded. Um, but she was sort of explained, like, if that is what you love to do, like if that is your, your passion, then you're only going to be making yourself feel worse if you're sitting there recovering from the concussion and you've not got that outlet um i think she sort of put it along the lines of if you painted we would be encouraging you to paint right now so that doesn't mean i sort of spend all day working on these these side projects because i don't have that energy but it does mean that um at weekends and when i've got those moments that i have been kind of giving myself permission if you like to pick the tools back up again um and just have out a few ideas that i've got in my head um, stuff I wanted to play on um, and, and just to see where that, that goes. And that's actually been really quite good for me. So, you know, when I say there's there's value in pursuing a, a, a thing just because you're passionate about it and you want to play with it, um, I, I mean that very, very strongly uh, because yeah. that's exactly what I've been finding here. Yeah, I figure it, no, it can't be a bad thing. Like, I'm I'm learning stuff. I'm keeping, like, the axe sharp. Because that, that was my one of my fears, is like when I kind of stopped being like a, a dev as like my day job, I kind of thought, oh no, am I going to be that kind of developer in five years' time that still thinks they're a developer and they get back into it and realise it's all changed? <laughs> um, you know, because like, it's easy to tell yourself that, oh yeah, I, I, I can do X, Y, and Z, and you actually haven't done it in three years, and then you go to do it, and it's like, oh man, how do I do, how do, I do this again? Yeah. And I found that the other day with PHP, I had to do a little tiny bit of PHP for... Well, I didn't have to, but I was. Um, and just simple things like an, an array. It's like, how do I build an array? It's like, why have I forgotten how to build an array? This is like PHP 101. Um, yeah. But until then, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I know PHP. Um, so it's like, <laughs> it's, it just stunned me how quickly I became rusty. So I'm, I don't want that to happen in, in sort of like iOS stuff. And I figure just it can't be a bad thing because I've, I've got a portfolio piece to land myself a a decent iOS job when sort of the time is right or when I do have a bit more time I've got the potential sort of like kindling for a, a business yeah so and, and if the app is done before that time well I can take a view on where things are then like do I do I want to go down the company route again do, can I like validate it a bit more before doing that without launching it because I did that when I put the idea for the app out. I put out that landing page, if you remember, and I got yep. uh, about 60-odd sign-ups, um, people saying they were interested in it. And basically, I was kind of saying, should I build this? Sign up if you think I should. And, you know, 60-ish people did. 
I don't know if 60 is enough to make a decision like that. Um, I hear numbers of like 500, 1,000 being banded around. So maybe in that sense, maybe the data says I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But when you factor in my audience size and all of that, I don't think 60 is a bad result. No, um, no, not at all. Um, just off the back of one blog post that I tweeted about once. No, that I, I, for me, I would feel happy with that. I think like, again, it's the sort of thing, if you were actually trying to sort of push this now towards being a business or a product, I'd try and do that again and push it wider and further and see, you know, kind of see what the limit is if you give it that energy. Um, but for a single blog post and, and not pushing it very much beyond that tweet, I think 60 is good. Yeah, so um, things like that I might explore a bit more if I end up finishing prior to having more time and thinking about things like that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But I'm I'm just like, I kind of think when it gets hard sometimes, when the development gets hard or I get stuck, it's easy to throw my hands up and be like, well, I don't need to do this and I'm just going to walk away from it. But I always end up coming back. <laughs> it's, it's kind of what I've, what I've learned. So um, yeah, lots to think about. Um, I'm yeah, just kicking the can down the road at the minute. I think um, open to any feedback you or anyone else has got for that matter. So <laughs> feel free to yell at me on Slack or Twitter or wherever. Um, just be interested to hear what people have got to say on, on the matter, really. But I think for now, just sort of head down and uh, yeah, keep it on building. <laughs>